Welcome to Parenting Trap, Episode 8, where I discuss caring for young infants respectfully. Welcome! Hi! It's just me today. Uh, We had a question uh, come in on on a comment. Uh, Kara, hi Kara! Uh, you have a six month old and you are wondering, um, you want to hear more about how to care for, uh, infants respectfully. And it's a great question. That's a wonderful place to start. This is, I mean, setting the groundwork for the whole future relationship with your child when you start, when they're born. Young infants are, are deserve respect like anyone else. And, um, the way we show that respect is in treating them like human beings. And I think that seems obvious, right? Like, how are we not treating our infants like human beings? But, um, you know, well, I actually have two books here. And once I read these books, I realized how many little ways we send messages to, to young infants, um, you know, that they're not really like, part of the group in weird, in, in little ways. But I have, um, this, uh, they're both by Magda Gerber, caring for infants with respect and your self-confident baby. Both are great, wonderful books. Either one, if you have time to read, I would recommend reading either one of those. Um, and, uh, Magda Gerber is the founder of Rye which stands for resources for infant educators. And, um, uh, as far as I know, I've read so many of these books. These are, uh, Magda Gerber really does focus on this infant stage, the, um, birth to one year, um, better than any other, uh, writer I've ever, I've ever come across. So, um, if you're looking for advice for infants, that would be the place to go. Um, so, it, and it is, it's really hard. I, I think a lot of people don't even have issues with young infants until later on. Uh, or like, you know, once, once you start reaching one, two, we had that episode about two-year-olds. So, you know, we start to see more challenging behaviors and you don't see that in infants. So um, in some ways there, they seem, it seems so simple. But um, in in reality, I mean, and and don't get me wrong, I know I uh, infants are challenging to take care of, so I'm not trying to say that they're easy, but um, uh, they they can it can be really hard, and it can be. I mean, some of some of my hardest days have been uh, taking care of um, my youngest infants when they were really young. So uh, that's not. I'm not trying to say that that's uh, not easy, or that that's easy. It is plenty difficult. But as far as, um, after reading these books, I realized, um, how many little messages we send to young infants that, um, that, that you don't intend to send. So, um, you know, some good advice I would give to parents with young infants is to watch your children observe them, spend time noticing what they're interacting with and what they enjoy doing, things that frustrate them, the things that routinely, um, 
pique their interest. Uh, from, from day one, children engage with their world. And granted, at day one, they spend a lot of time in the world sleeping. <laughs> a newborn infant sleep a lot. And I think we, people can assume that they're not a, uh, very aware of their environment, but they are. So I recommend doing these things starting off day one. Um, talk to your baby and slow way down. Slow, whatever you think slow is, go slower. So if you are approaching an infant and you want to pick them up, you might say, um, hi, I'm going to pick you up now and give them time to respond. And then you can slowly pick them up. Um, and also caregiving activities. This one's really big. So with caregiving activities, give them your full attention. Give infants your full attention. I, I know um, we can get kind of distracted easily. And we sometimes see these things as chores. Maybe you just want to get the diaper changed through, you know, and be done with it. And, you know, it's fine if we have places we need to be and where we rush at times, but opportunities, these are opportunities with your infant to really connect with them when you're changing diapers, getting them dressed, feeding, um, you know, you're, you're doing, you're moving them. You're physically moving your child. You are doing something to them. And I think they'd always deserve to hear what's happening to their bodies, um, what's going to happen next is the big thing, giving them warning when it's about to happen and, um, talking them through it and asking for their help. Invite your child, your infant to help when you can. And you can, <laughs> you know, you will see that they start to help sooner than you might imagine. I, uh, I remember my first child, I, uh, um, I would always talk through a diaper change really carefully every step of the way. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take off, I'm going to unbutton your onesie. I'm, you know, I'm taking off your dirty diaper. And I mean, you know, just, I would just mindfully say what I was about to do and do it. I'm going to do this now. And then I would do the next thing. And um, I think my, my, this is my oldest now, but when he was an infant, um, when he was just a few weeks old, I, uh, started to notice responses. So one thing I'd always do was with the clean diaper, I would say, Oh, can you help straighten your legs? I'd invite him to help. I might say, Oh, looks like you're having trouble. And I'd help straighten his legs so I could fasten the sides. And, um, one day I, I said, um, oh, can you help straighten your legs? And he just shot out those little legs and held them so straight. <laughs> and it was just so um, amazing to see him respond uh, and acknowledge when he understood what I was asking. He knew what was going to happen. And it was, it was just um it happened sooner than I think even I was expecting. Uh, so yeah, I, th I think I said he was a few, he was about three or four weeks old when that happened first. And, um, I, 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 
if we don't give our children these chances and opportunities to respond, then, you know, we miss, we miss what they are understanding. You know, when you talk to your baby, it can feel strange at first because they don't respond the way an adult would, you know, they don't talk back and especially newborns. Um, you know, they might not really understand what we're saying all the time when they're so young, but they do start to understand. And we won't know when that point is unless we do speak to them and we give them opportunities for them to show us that they are listening. And that's what, I mean, we do that with infants all the time. We kind of sweep them through our day. And, um, and I know I, I do that a lot. I've, with my two-year-old and now my seven-month-old, we get really kind of like uh, distracted through our day. I I often end up um, kind of quickly moving through what I need to move through with my infant because I might have my two-year-old screaming at the door or whatever it is. Um, so I, I rush at times and, and that's fine too. You know, I mean, we're, we're human and we make mistakes. Um, and and not even that it's not even mistakes because, because that's just part of the day. That's part of being a parent and part of a family is everyone has different needs at different times. So I'm not, uh, I don't necessarily think I'm, um, you know, you can't necessarily do all of these things all of the time, but certainly giving it time, especially when you can, and most of the time is really important. And when we give our children the attention, full attention. So I'm, I'm saying when you have um, a newborn, six month old, seven month old, any, whatever, whatever age, if you give them your full attention for these caregiving activities, they're going to feel really loved, respected. They're going to know what to expect. So, you know, you might, um, you might see less struggle, uh, from them and, and, and also respect their desires. So as an infant, uh, maybe is laying on the floor and you know, you need to change their diaper. Um, I, you wait for an opportunity an opening don't interrupt them. Uh, you wait for the opportunity and you might wake, walk up when they're done playing with something and you can say, Oh, it's time to change your diaper now. Um, are you ready? May I pick you up now? And a lot of times you might see a little, um, kind of preparation, like their body kind of maybe lifts up a little bit or kind of stiffens getting ready for you to pick them up You can pick them up. And, um, these are the times turn off the podcasts, stop, you know, listening <laughs> to your headphones, turn off the TV in the background, um, and pay attention to the child in front of you. Warn them what's going to happen and move through the steps with them, inviting them in to help. So that could look like, would you like to hold on to these wipes while I take off your pants um, and let them hold hold the little container of wipes or whatever it is. However uh, you see fit, you figure it out and you'll figure out what your kid enjoys doing and what they want to help with or what they maybe are just interested in observing you doing. And if they kind of get distracted and they start 
playing with something off to the side for a second. You can just sit and watch and wait. And then you can slowly bring them back into the activity again that you're doing, which is your caregiving activity. Oh, yeah, I see that shadow too. That's super interesting. Look at that. Okay. I'm going to continue now. I'm going to finish wiping your bottom, you know, whatever it is. And, um, and they're going to feel after that kind of, um, kind of empowered, they're going to have that moment with you that when they are laid back down to play again, they're not going to rely on you as much when you've spent that quality time with them. Um, I think a really good analogy is, um, you know, we, if you, if you, if you had an, like an infirmed, old infirmed grandparent, you know, we wouldn't just walk in and start getting them undressed and put them in the shower without some sort of um, probably asking, oh, are you ready to get in the shower now? Or, hey, it's time to get in the shower now. It's getting late. Let me help you get undressed. And, and, we need to think of our babies similarly, you know, they deserve preparation and respect. So, um, you know, it, it can be helpful to think about it that way. Maybe, maybe that's helpful. I don't, I found it, I find it helpful because, you know, babies are just infants are tiny little human beings. And so we should treat them like human beings. Um, so yeah, I, I also think it's so important that we also provide predictable and and routine environment for them. Um, babies kind of thrive on routine. Uh, when they know what to expect, there is going to be less resistance, especially when they start getting older and they do start resisting. Um, those routines become reliable and they feel, it makes them feel secure. So a safe, secure environment, both physical environment as well as um, in their routines is really helpful. And you can start establishing that when they're infants, you know, and routines can change too. I mean, the things infants need and what, you know, a toddler needs may be different, but they, you fall into place with all of that. You know, it's not, you know, it's never like a really a hard change, but um, definitely kind of going through your day with, your child knowing what's going to be happening next, uh, it can be very helpful. Um, it makes them feel safe and you can even tell your child, uh, you know, you can even, you can even, um, make sure that they know, Hey, this is a really safe space here. Like this is a safe place. Um, and if you don't know anything also about yes spaces, uh, this, this is actually a pretty good, <laughs> probably a good time to start introducing a yes space. So a yes space is just a place where your kid can be that's completely safe no matter what. So the idea is like if you get locked out of the room or out, out of the house and your child's in their safe space, their, then their yes space, that is, um, then you don't really need to worry about them. You can get in at the end of the day. I mean, I'm not recommending you leave your child <laughs> all day like that, but if you get locked out, you know, you might come in and you know, your child is safe. You can be assured that your child, there's nothing in that area that your child can get, um, get injured or, or hurt. Uh, so that's, 
um, that's a, that's also, this is a really good time to start because those boundaries that you set up in your home, uh, are going to be internalized, uh, better if you, if you introduce them early rather than you just, you know, put up a gate when they're two or whatever, that's going to be harder for them. Um, harder for a kid to, uh, um, like realize as a, as a real boundary. And you're going to have to put in a little bit more effort enforcing it as well. Um, so they do internalize it. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm trying, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think I've got a little, a little thing in notes here too, but, uh, so the other thing I think is a really good point is, um, don't, and this, this may seem obvious. Don't treat your infant like an object. Um, I think it's really easy to talk around kids, like talk about them, like they're not there. And, um, so that's one way that I think children can sometimes feel like they're not sort of included in the community or the group, um, and feel a little bit more like an object than they do a person. Cause I would never talk about my partner, you know, I wouldn't just talk about my partner while he's standing there as if he wasn't there, I would usually acknowledge him. And even if I'm trying to tell a story, Oh, remember that time you did that funny thing. So I might, if I had a story that I wanted to tell that my child did, I might say an infant as well. Like, Oh, remember this morning when you, you rolled over for the first time? Wow. You know, dad didn't get to see that, but we, you were, you know, I remember that. Do you remember that? And, you know, you can tell the story while including your child and that makes them feel, you know, I, that's how I would want to be spoken to. I would, I want to be spoken to, not about. Um, and, it's so it's hard. I mean, this can be difficult because it's, it's not, um, people, people often kind of talk about children. Like they're not like they can't hear, they don't understand. And, and especially infants because they're not necessarily responding to us. Um, but they are listening and they're going to internalize all of that stuff that we say to them. So, um, that's a really important thing as well. Uh, I also want, uh, would say that, um, um, saying like, if you, if your kids, let's say you're holding your infant and there's a loud noise and, um, they get really startled. Maybe they start crying. I see a lot of parents do the like, Oh, it's okay. Shh, shh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And that can, that can really feel like you're dismissing um, their concerns. So I would, I would really advise against doing that. Um, and we talk about a lot about that in the last episode. Uh, but, um, it's important here too, with even our youngest infants is acknowledging them, uh, acknowledging their concerns. So you can, and I would instead say something like, Oh, you heard that loud sound. I heard it too you know, if you knew what it was, that was a car driving by quickly or whatever. That was a car driving by quickly. That must've really frightened you. You're safe. I'm going to keep you safe and let them know that they're in a safe place. Because for a lot of infants, they're experiencing all of this for the very first time ever. And, um, 
they don't know. They don't know when something's new, whether or not it's something that's okay, whether it's something that's not okay, whether they should be worried. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's tempting just to go, shh, 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 oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. Don't need to be worried about that. But, uh, I think it's, um, um, there's, there's a, there's a better communication. You can communicate that better by giving them the loving support and explanation. Oh yeah, that must've really scared you. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I see that. Um, is so much, so much more, uh, kind. It's how I would want to be spoken to. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the other, the other thing I would say with young infants is allow them to do what they can, which sounds, this also maybe sounds kind of, um, obvious, but it's, it's subtle more subtle than you might think. So a lot of people I notice try to help children, infants a lot. And I think a lot more than, um, infants even might want. So that can look like you have a child that's lying down on the ground and they're trying to reach out to get something and it's just a little too far away and they're reaching and reaching and reaching. And a parent might grab the toy and hand it to them. And I, I would say, I would urge against that. Um, you know, it, it can be, it can be difficult (laughs) to see a kid seeming to struggle, um, and get frustrated, but it's not, it's not really our job to fix, um, frustration for our child in that. And in some ways, I think you might be surprised how often kids are, you know, infants might actually be doing something and we are missing, and this is where observation comes in, where we are missing, um, what they are really trying to do. So we think that they're just reaching out for the toy. So we get the toy for them, but you know, maybe they really just wanted to stretch their body too. Maybe they were exploring movement and getting frustrated with their movement rather than, um, you know, not being able to reach the toy. And that's another thing when, I can't exactly remember the age, but when my oldest was an infant, um, he wasn't yet turning over. So he wasn't crawling and he wasn't turning over. And I had, um, he was on his back on the floor and, um, he was reaching so far. There was a toy. It was so, it was like across the room (laughs) and he was in the center of the room. So it was on the other side. It was on like the, the side of the room. And he just, he was just sounded frustrated. He was like, ah, and he kept, and he was just scooting little by little on his back until he got all the way over there, picked it up and just had this excited, <laughs> just exasperated, excited noise. And then looked at it for a second, tossed it aside and was happy to move on. So, so I think, you know, it would have been so easy just to, um, I think, one, either just pick him up and walk away. See, oh, you look frustrated because I, you know, we're not recognizing what he's going for or um, just grab, notice that that's what he's grabbing for, grab it and give it to him. But it was as much of the journey as it was the actual item for him. And, um, you know, we can't always know what 
kids' motivations are and infants' motivations are. And, and oftentimes it, it may be a little bit more nuanced than what we think. And when we fix these problems for them or what we view as, as problems, uh, we're robbing them of an opportunity, an opportunity to feel like, what does it feel like to get frustrated? What does it feel like to, to actually accomplish the thing that you're getting frustrated at? And, you know, I know I've, I've many times I've gotten so frustrated. I try and do something again and again and again, and it's just not working. And I get so angry. And, you know, maybe I just, I get to the point where I feel like I want to throw it across the room, whatever it is I'm working on. And, um, there's learning experience there and our children, um, learn so much by being able to feel those feelings too. And it helps, helps you learn when you should start disengage, like disengaging from it. So at what point do I stop trying, you know, fiddling with whatever I'm fiddling with before I basically give up or don't give up? I say, I need to take a break. And uh, and that's, you know, our children too, they, they kind of need to learn those limits themselves. So, um, you know, and, and that being said, you know, I'm not saying just let your kid wail on the floor frustrated for hours or anything that's, um, we can support them in other ways. We can support them by, um, talking them through it. Oh, I see you're reaching out. That looks really frustrating. Um, oh, you've been working on that for a long time. And, um, we can offer a break. We can offer, you know, let's say our kids just learning to roll over and they roll over to their, they're on their back and they roll over to their stomach. Um, and they've just, you know, they're having a really hard time and you can hear their cries are getting more and more excited and frustrated. You say, Oh yeah, I see you rolled on your belly. You're working so hard. You you're trying to crawl or whatever it is. You can't get back on your back either. Oh, that's so frustrating. Do you want a break? I can pick you up and you can pick them up. If they look like they want to be picked up, pick them up and you can say, Oh, that looked super frustrating. Give them a break and then you can place them back down. Okay. I'm going to lay you back down and give that another try. So you're not solving the problem for them, but you're helping them and you're allowing them the opportunity to get a break from what they're doing. And, um, and I think all of this kind of comes down to trusting them, trusting that they are, uh, capable, trusting that they are, um, able to be independent of us and able to initiate their own play. So, um, yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it's so tough. It can be so hard. I, I mean, nobody likes to see their children. Um, no one, like nobody enjoys seeing their child, uh, get upset and cry. And it, it's, it's, it can be very distressing. Uh, but I think it's, it is a, relief to hear that it's okay. And, um, you know, if you're meeting your child's needs and they're fed and they're, you know, they've been, their diapers been changed and they're comfortable, dry, and, you know, not too warm or not too cold. 
Um, if, if those things are met, then your kid is, is kind of, they're free to have the feelings that they have about their world and environment. And it's okay to not be perfect too. You know, I, I, um, I have many times just gotten just swept up in the moment and forgotten to, you know, prepare my child for what's coming next or I'll kind of swoop in on my seven month old and pick her up abruptly. I, I do that, you know, and, and it's, it's fine. I mean, we, we don't always have time to do everything exactly the way we picture it. But, um, for the most part, it's about those, the majority of interactions, making them feel like they're welcome, making them feel like they're whole human beings and that they're a part of the family, not just something that's there, you know, they're, they're a part of the family. They're a part of the group. They are included in everything. So, um, yeah, uh, I hope this was helpful. I, um, I can't recommend enough this book, um, these books, Magda Gerber, and thanks a lot for listening, everyone.